Sports are such a big part of all of our lives. From the big plays to the unforgettable games, they continue to inspire us in unimaginable ways. But what happens to the athletes, the warriors, and heroes of our time when the game is finally over and the sport they love and work their entire lives pursuing greatness at continues on without them? How do they cope with the transition? How do they find purpose, reclaim their identity, and work towards a vision of the future? As a former professional athlete, playing in the NFL for eight seasons, I know the unique challenges that these athletes face. On this podcast, these athletes will share their stories and how they navigate life beyond the game. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Game. Today's guest is Cam Lynch. He's actually a really good buddy of mine, played with him in Tampa Bay. He is a linebacker and uh, we had a really good conversation. Um, you know, I'm really impressed actually with Cam and the way he's handled his transition uh, with such success. Uh, he's a really intelligent dude. Um, he just finished up his MBA. He's got a lot of amazing opportunities. And the really cool thing about this guy is while he was playing, even when I was playing with him and then into his transition, he was always taking advantage of his opportunities, using the NFL as a resource to springboard his career forward. Uh, the NFL was never a final uh, dream or destination for this guy. He's definitely just getting started and he has handled success uh, in transition probably better than uh, most people I've talked to. So definitely a lot to learn from this guy. Uh, really excited to share his story with you. Uh, very intelligent man and uh, doing really big things and uh, shares a lot of wisdom in this episode. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, a uh, big way of helping support the podcast and supporting me on my journey of being of service to this community is to leave a five-star review, maybe a few nice words about the podcast, about me as host or the guest, or just what you think of life in general. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, definitely go check out Quantum Coffee, my other podcast, which is uh, really fun conversations. We get deep into the esoteric, spiritual, God concepts, psychedelics, all of these really amazing topics that I love discussing. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. If you haven't listened to that podcast yet, go check it out. Uh, would really appreciate you supporting me in that way as well. And obviously, uh, this podcast is really just trying to funnel and uh, share more uh, of what I'm working on with The Heart Collective, uh, which is the community built exclusively for former male professional athletes. Uh, really excited. Actually having some, some new visions. We're pivoting a little bit, really trying to add value um, in the best way possible to this former athlete, athlete community and to my wider audience. So if you are a former athlete interested in learning more, go to theheartcollective.com. That's H-A-R-T, theheartcollective.com. A lot of good resources up on the website. And if you're not an athlete, uh, but you want to be involved, you can still follow. We're putting out a lot of good content. There's a blog on there. And um, you can also follow the newsletter. We're putting out master classes with a wide variety of thought leaders, experts, coaches, and talking about different topics. So if you're looking to better yourself and learn from um, these people that I'm bringing on to host these master classes, uh, they've been great so far. You're not going to want to miss them. So go to theheartcollective.com, click the non-athlete button, put your email in, and you can stay up to date with all the amazing things we're working on. Without further ado, enjoy this podcast. Cam Lynch, what's up, brother? How you doing? Joe, all is well, my man. Great to see you. 
Yeah, great to see you too, man. Excited to have you on. Um, we've played with each other a lot, actually, which is pretty cool. And I'm, I'm excited to to pick your brain and connect and, 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 you know, share a little bit about what you're doing now, um, the exciting opportunities you have and, um, you know, talk a little bit about the transition and your professional career. So why don't we start with just maybe introducing yourself to the audience and then we can kind of dive in and, uh, and set up a little bit of, you know, the context of, of your career and, and your football journey. Yeah. So appreciate you having me, man. Um, Cam Lynch here. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer with my brother Joe Holly. Um, you know, started off football in California when I was seven. So that's kind of where my football journey began. Uh, but always had a, you know, parallel career mindset, you know, as I really moved into high school and started playing there in, in Georgia. So started in California and then moved to Atlanta when I was about 11. So um, a little bit there. And, um, you know, I always, I was always serious about my work right when it came to football you know working out uh, my diet and when it also came to really my education as well and so you know I always took AP classes honors classes growing up in high school and then excelled in the football field so you know 2010 2011 for 2011 for state champs and I was also an AP class and AP econ physics calc so I took those things really serious and the reason why I say that is because now currently wrapping up my MBA. I'll be done uh, this Sunday. So all my assignments will be in. So excited about that. Congrats, man. That's big time. (laughs) Yeah, man. Thanks. And, uh, you know, it's a part of, a part of the player life cycle, you know, Uh, and I know we're going to jump some stuff today, but uh, constantly transitioning, um, you know, reinventing myself. And so really excited about our conversation and just uh, my journey and your journey as well. Yeah, man. I'm excited to dive into the, to the NBA. I think I, that's something I've been drawn to, but the, the whole going back to school thing and what that's like, um, excited to, to pick your brain about that. But what, let's talk about your football journey, kind of setting some context into the, into the transition. And, you know, was, was the NFL always a dream? Was it something that you kind of like always focused on? You obviously are way more well-rounded. You always focused on education and, and you, you know, understand that football was always going to be kind of a, a, a small part of your life, maybe a springboard. So how was that growing up? Like was football something you were super focused on and did you have other dreams as a kid? Yeah. So football was definitely a focus for sure. I remember my cousin telling me like, Hey Cam, like, he lives in California. I'm in California now from here. And he's like, man, you always had that NFL blanket on your bed. And that, 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 I remember like that NASCAR bed, the little blue race car type bed when we were younger. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, just growing up, my dad played football in, in college at Colorado for, for one year. Um, and so he always made sure that, you know, sports was in my life, but also hard work, family, education, and those other things, other things, and that balance. So uh, extremely grateful uh, and only express some gratitude and show love to the parents for kind of pushing me along the way and uh, keeping a nice balance for me. Mm. Yeah, if you could uh, describe uh, your NFL experience, you know, briefly, kind of maybe what you thought it would be like, what it was like, what were some of the challenges, you know, what was your journey like while you were actually in the pros? Yeah, so you know, I was undrafted. So it was very interesting. It's kind of like in college for people, you know, who walked onto a team, whether it be in high school or college, uh, walking onto a team, you know, I'm watching the full draft. You know, I got my Excel sheet here with all the linebackers that are getting drafted. Um, and the before, I, you know, on that Excel sheet, I kind of had the linebackers that were already on teams. And so only the teams with four, 
four or less linebackers, I would, sorry, seven or less linebackers, I would put them on the sheet, went through the whole draft, you know, didn't get selected. And I knew that. I knew that it would be the seventh round or undrafted. So, um, you know, you get the calls at the end, like, hey, you want to come here? You want to come here? So you kind of uh, pray and pick the best team or best college or whatever that is, uh, you know, in that perspective of walking on, right. That you think you'll have the best chance. So, but so you, that's fascinating. That. So you had a whole Excel spreadsheet you did yourself. Cause you knew that, you know, being later in the draft or being, you know, in that college free agent, you know, certified free agent kind of thing where there, it almost occurs in this recruiting process, right. Where there's, you know, as soon as the draft's over, all of a sudden you're getting calls, especially if you're kind of like higher in demand, maybe a seventh round guy that fell to the undrafted. And so you knew already to have that all prepared, and going to the place where you knew you had the best opportunity to make the team because it is a it is a roster game, right? Like there's only so many opportunities. And if you're going to a place with four really, really solid linebackers in the backup, you're like, I don't necessarily want to go there. I want to go where I have an opportunity to really show up. And you already had that all printed out. Who told you to do that? Man. Was that just something you had intuitively? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I took that education stuff serious, man. And so I just, you know, applied the stuff I learned from my physics classes and econ classes and math classes. And just had a nice spreadsheet out for myself so I could really just see, you know, visually uh, what life in the profession would look like. And so um, map that out, man. And, um, you know, the Rams, I think the Buffalo Bills were on the list. Um, and yeah, man, you know, eventually, and it was crazy too, during the draft, um, I had Verizon or something like that. And it was, I think the satellites were so busy that my phone like completely like, shut like the service shut off you know it was so busy and so you know the buffalo bills called me and my agent was like yo did you get the call from the bills and the bills was like hey did you get my call and the only call that really went through was the Rams. and so once everything started picking back up you know the rams call went through like hey like we got to move now like you said because it's like a frenzy um they're going to offer you two thousand dollars for camp and like best of luck you know and, you know usually in jobs you get like a sign-in bonus for a good 10, 15,000, you know, <laughs> but mine was 2000. So they're like, good luck and make the team. So very interesting time. Uh, so you went, so you ended up going to St. Louis or is it St. Louis at the time or in LA? They were in St. Louis. The in time. St. Louis. Okay. So you went there, went to the training camp. What was that experience like? And, you know, eventually ending up in Tampa, how did that happen? Yeah. So St. Louis was great. Um, it was probably the best start that I could have had. Right, because I'm from California. And so eventually we made that move after my first year to Los Angeles. And when I got to Los Angeles, man, I was just up and down the coast, right? Um, whether we had we were practicing in Irvine, whether it be in Irvine or I'm shooting up to Thousand Oaks, right? Like it's all in between a good hour, two hour, you know, commute. And that's just to see family and friends, you know, during our off time. So St. Louis is great for me because there was no family out there, you know, just really locking into the craft. Um, there's not much to do out in St. Louis inside the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, the St. Louis Blues, you know, the sports. Yeah, team. not a lot going on it's in St. Not, Louis. I just drove through there. It's it's not not my favorite city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a lot cooking, but the food is great. The people are great, and so mm. and they gave me my first start. You know, um, Jeff Fisher. Shout out to Jeff Fisher uh, there. And so yeah, it was an interesting experience, and um, you know, I had a lot of veteran linebackers in front of me, so. I had a Jolon Dunbar, you know, James Laurinaitis, Alec Ogletree, um, Darren Bates, right? Like there's so, some of these linebackers that are really good at special teams, really good at, at playing linebacker, very elite. Um, so I had to figure out a way to use my youth uh, and, and make plays. Greg Williams was my deep coordinator. So 
he's cussing up a storm. I don't, you know, people don't, I don't know people know, know about Greg Williams, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the whole thing with the, the bounty gate, right. And, and, uh, and with the saints, how did, how did you like playing for him? I mean, I don't know anybody that it's actually played for him. So I know he's got a bad rap in the media and stuff, but how is he as a, as a man? Is he still pretty intense? <laughs> I'm glad you said not did it right. Uh, <laughs> but no, you know, the media paints a picture of Greg. Um, and he is fiery. Like think about somebody with flames, like a mad scientist <laughs> kind of like roaring out of his head. Like that, that's Greg. But, uh, I just said it, mad scientists, you know, I, I feel like I'm, a, I feel like I'm a scientist, you know, taking all my physics classes. He's really, um, analytical. Mm. Um, his wife's a psychologist. So he's always playing these mind games with people. And I really enjoyed that because, um, he showed me how to get advantage on an opponent. Right. Um, of course, we, we told the line as a defense and as a team um, a lot, but, um, you know, I didn't really draw many flags while I was playing. So thankfully for that, but he really had an edge to him and our defense did too. So I, I'm, I'm grateful for that experience uh, for the time that I was with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a lot of people don't get. It's fascinating that his wife's a psychologist and that just kind of paints it even, even more like intense picture of this guy being able to, to play those mind games. Cause I mean, that's a lot of the NFL, like that's part of the hard part for me. You know, I had such an up and down career, lost my starting job five times, had so many different coaches and there's so much like, not just the politics and the business side of it, but there's so many mind games that the front office plays with you, the coaches, they'll like reverse psychology, make you feel like shit. Like, and it's really hard to navigate that. And I think, you know, as you transition and you navigate the league, like, I think that's a part that when you're done playing, you're like, holy shit, you feel like beat up and exhausted just because like you don't really know where you stand on a team and people are always telling you different things. And it's like, are they doing this on purpose? How do I navigate this? So yeah, it's really fascinating. How did you handle kind of those, those mind games? Not just like with Greg Williams, but like just the whole business of the NFL. Cause it's, it's something that you really don't understand until you're actually experiencing it. And it's hard because like I used to look at like young guys who would be getting like kind of ripped by a coach or something. And you see those mind games being played. And when it's not you, it's like easy to objectively look at it and be like, Oh shit. But then when you're the one in it, it's like, man, this is like, it really kind of creates this deep energy, like dep depression and it's hard to navigate. No wonder there's so many kind of like mental health issues with the, with players. Right. Yeah. You know, for real, you have to go to a dark place, you know, when you're playing, right. Like when you wake up on a daily basis, it's like, okay, if I want to come back to this apartment or home, I got to go out there and get it, you know? And um, I learned from, I would say, that with that mentality, I would say from three players, right, in my sports career. Um, one, Darren Bates. Uh, he plays linebacker for the Rams, special teamer. Uh, he's one of the guys that jumped the uh, line of scrimmage during field goal attempts to then block the Did field he ever goal. get one? So, Did he ever get one? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he his, uh, One of his Twitter handles was like, Mr. Jump your line of scrimmage or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was Man. very good at it. Um, shout out to John Fossil, Coach Bones, we called him. Our special teams coach at the Rams. Uh, so that's that's four people, right? So Darren Bates and then Coach Bones, they really showed us how to be on the edge, how to play with that fire and, and intensity because they're like, look, Cam, getting in the league is, is tough, but like staying is even harder. And so mm -hmm. um, that really – and I would say uh, going to the Buccaneers, I would say the people that I played against uh, in practice, yourself, right, uh, as a center, and then Ryan Jensen, um, you know, you two, you know, playing linebacker, you are the pretty much, besides the quarterback, like you, you pretty much run the show, right? You're calling out protections, you're making sure that everybody's covered on the line of scrimmage, 
so you can score touchdowns. And so watching you play, watching practice, the intensity you brought, same thing with Ryan Jensen. Like you all really went to practice every day, like ready to scrap. Like on moments notice, like we're cool when we get in the locker room, we're cool when we podcast, but when you get on this field, it's hot out here. Like I'm going to fight you, I'm going to whip you, and I'm going to stay on this team, you know? And so you all kind of really set the tone for me. Uh, you know, I, I remember like it'd be 100 or something degrees outside and like you both would go hard after the play. I'm like, dang, bro, like relax, the play's done. But it's like, no, like I'm here to stay and I'm here to play. And I, I took that mentality with me every day. I'm like, all right. These guys are doing it. Like I got to do it too to make these to make this team and stay on these teams. Mm, yeah, thanks for that reflection. That just really dropped me back into my playing days, and it was yeah, it was a lot. And I, a lot of lessons learned to get to that point. Because like earlier in my career, when I was with the Falcons, like there was times when I was like, oh fuck, it's hot out here. Like I don't want to be out here. Like it doesn't really matter. And realizing like everybody's watching always, and like they are looking to replace you always. Like even on practice, like even you're walking in the, in the locker room, even you're walking around the building, like they, I'm sure they have a chart of like when you leave the building and when you come in, like they're, they just, they watch everything to make sure. And so that's like creates this performance anxiety. And yeah, like you said, it's, there's a huge difference to like making it to the NFL. Like I know everybody's dream is like getting drafted or, or going and signing with a team. And I, that's just the beginning. Like everybody seems like that's the goal. It's like, no, that's just the beginning. And then the real journey begins and to play any type of real time in the league, you've got to learn how to be a pro. And it does take that kind of attitude. And it took me a lot of hard lessons to get to that point, but I appreciate the reflection, man. Um, so talk about your journey in, in Tampa um, and then kind of, you know, let's start getting into, into the transition, right? How did you kind of come to the closure of your, of your, of your career? Cause I think a lot of guys, you know, there's, there's a few different ways it happens. You know, sometimes some guys kind of get hurt, forced out, never get an opportunity. Some guys kind of slowly fizzle out, but they still want to make it. So they spend a year or two trying to keep getting another tryout. And there's guys, you know, like me that I played so long that I probably could have kept playing, but my body's torn apart and I had to make that decision. And there's some people that just kind of go until the wheels fall off. Right. So, so how was that, um, that initial, like coming to the, to the closure of your career and that transition phase? Yeah. So, you know, thankfully came out, came out healthy, right. Of course, like with concussions and stuff, like things that are documented, not documented. Like I'm sure that there was, there's trauma there. Right. But other than that, no major injuries. Uh, I'm sure the joints and stuff are going to hurt, you know, once I get 45 or something, right. 50, like we squat heavy, lift heavy, run a lot. So, um, but other than that, like pretty smooth. So I'm grateful for that. Um, other than that, though, just and I want to kind of jump back to another person to help kind of shape my career. My mentality was Quan Alexander, Levante David, and the Darius Plant. Those three guys, great guy, in the linebacker yeah. room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those guys are awesome. Um, you know, we we were all undersized. I would say so, six feet to six two, probably in that group. But you know, ran fast, hit you know, hit hard, and like played hard. And so, uh, I'm sure, be grateful for those guys. They brought a lot of energy to practice. Um, but really what I think the moment I knew where like things are kind of going to go in a different direction is, um, after dirt cutter, you know, after that season, when he was finished, um, you know, I was like, okay, things are slowing down a little bit. He's going to Atlanta as the offensive coordinator. So he might not have much pull there, uh, for both sides of the ball. I also never forget too. Um, I had for the first, my first time in my career, only time um, I had a pump block by Taysom Hill. And so that's probably one of the worst feelings as a special teamer when you get a punt block because that then sets up a touchdown. 
So let's yeah, talk, let's talk that. about that. Just to, just to paint the picture for someone that maybe doesn't necessarily understand the performance anxiety, especially for because a special teams are a special teamer. You know, there's there's a couple guys on the team that they bring on that are, that are like the special teams guys, and you were like one of those guys. Like you're on all the special teams, you're you're playing, and then you're kind of in that backup role for linebacker. But that's a really important role, and really, but it's you you have to do everything perfect, right? It's like being a long snapper. Like you're there to long snap, and if you fuck up a long snap, like they can easily bring in someone else that's not going to fuck it up. And so that's like the one thing do not do is give up a blocked punt. So talk about like what goes through your your mind emotionally, like the stress like the mindset, like just you have like, cause one thing that every NFL player has to learn how to do is like wipe the slate clean. But when it's something so major, like if I give up a sack, like I have to go back out to play the rest of the game. But then after the game, it's like, I'm waiting for the coaches. Like what's going to happen. Am I going to get cut? They're going to replace me. So just talk about that experience specifically and kind of paint the picture for someone that might not necessarily understand the amount of pressure that goes into this game. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So think about like, People are in school. A lot of people are in school. People can relate to school. So imagine <laughs> you have to pass this one class, right, to graduate. You have to pass one class. And a passing grade is, let's say, a 70. You have to, to get a 70 or above to pass this class. And so whenever you're on a punt team or you're long snapping these special team positions, you're out there to do a couple things, maybe for 20 snaps a game out of, you know, 120. And then that's it. So I have 20 chances to either get a 70 or above that 70. And so that one play where the ball is snapped and you're being dragged backwards by the lineman, number one, and then someone on the outside, like Taysom Hill, who can play receiver, tight end, running back, quarter. I mean, the man's probably one of the best, better athletes that I've seen in the NFL because he can do it all. Taysom Hill coming up the field and then wrapping around this defense alignment who has, has your arms up like this. So it's kind of hard to move and redirect. And so, you know, I have a rookie behind me who's, so think about the, like the person behind you is supposed to kind of protect your inside or outside. And so you, sometimes when you have a veteran, a veteran wing person, they can wrap around you if you're getting hooked by the lineman. And so he's, he's a rookie. You know, we are, we had a lot of communication and I didn't slide over because my arms took one and I didn't see the guy kind of cross over. So um, next thing you know, you hear that double thud. Boom, boom. And that's the worst thing. <laughs> that's, that's the worst thing. That's the worst sound that you can hear on a special team. So that double thud is like you getting that 69 on that test for you to then pass and go to that next grade. So that 69 happened, that, that double thud happened. And it was like, dang, like that failed the test. And no, right? Because I have, of course, 19 more opportunities to then make up for that. So the next play, I make sure I, I slide back in. They do the same team. I slide back in and he bull rushes me and I kind of go back a little bit, but I protect myself. And so every day at practice after that game, the head coach, the special team coach is on my side of the line of scrimmage looking at me, like making sure that my steps are right, making sure that I'm communicating, make sure I'm not missing anything. And mind you, I played for four years in the NFL as an undrafted player, and I took my special team stuff serious. And that was the only block punt I had. And so, um, yeah, that that performance anxiety hit. And I'm like, man, like, am I going to play in the NFL again? You know, you never know what caused it. But, you know, really after that season, um, I had a, a chance to work out with the Saints, right, of, of course, um, but didn't make the team there. And then after that, I was like, okay, 
Um, it's been some time since, you know, since a team has called and everything. Let me jump into grad school. Can we kind of take that next step and then hopefully uh, transition through that? So you went straight into school kind of, you know, after you had a, a tryout, you're like, Let, let's, was it like, let's move on? Or were you kind of waiting, still have the door open if someone called? Yeah. So, um, I skipped the step, step there. Excuse me for that. Um, so after that season hit, I think that was 2019. So 2020 seasons here. Um, uh, and then when the, when the season hits, right. Um, you want to get a call as a player, like week 11, I would say before the playoffs kind of come, because by that time, the teams are set. They're not really looking to bring people in like that. So thankfully around that time, the Saints called. And at that time, um, I had a ch- I transitioned, right, um, and did some broadcasting. So WFLA, one of the NBC um, networks there in Tampa, I was able to be in front of the camera and do daytime television. So I'm talking about puppies to wine to food. And so while doing that, I'm also training to get that next opportunity. And so – um, do some of that broadcasting there and then also calling the football games for FIU. So do, doing the color commentary for FIU. So really like grinding it out, not getting the NFL salary, getting paid $200 to, to be on live television. So really grinding it out. And then once that kind of cycle took its course and teams were really calling like, that, I was like, okay, you know, this broadcasting stuff is great, but let me go ahead and, and educate myself, kind of become a business professional or a, professional businessman. So professional athlete to professional businessman. And so that's what my transition has been like. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think that's a huge thing that is really important. Like when you're, when you're first done playing, it's like, you have to kind of like, and the same thing, it's like, you have to start moving. You have to start doing something, trying new things, filling that time. Cause if you just sit there waiting and you're not going to call you're just in your own mind, you're in your own head, you're not having the same structure and routine that you have. And so I, I definitely advise anybody that's listening to this and you're kind of in that transitional phase. It's like, go do something with yourself. Don't just train and focus on trying to make it. Like you have to start, you know, just keep moving, trying new things. I think that's where a lot of people get lost. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like what, whatever you want to do, like just start doing stuff. And it's really cool that you like immediately went into something. I'm sure that really helped. Has there been any issues or I guess I should say any, like, do you miss the game? Has it been challenging at all? And what were those challenges as far as like the finality of, of the game's over? I'm never going to play this game that I love so much. So do I, do I love the game? Yes. Do I miss playing the game? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. As you know, Joe, right? Like we, man, we played in a hundred degree weather. The humidity was bad. It's eight in the morning and it's like 95 out, bro. And it's like. That not only took years off my career, but definitely think took years off my life. Like it was hell out. Real talk, man. That sun, man, really drains you and like doing it constantly 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 and like think about this for people who don't know the nutrients that leave your body right like we sweat and lose about 10 to 12 pounds of practice and joe that's for me but for you like how much did you lose on a daily yeah, basis? yeah. like when i lose 10 15 pounds of just like water it's and then you have to spend all day trying to hydrate and then take care of your body and then you know before you're even recovered you're back out there and you've only gained back eight pounds and it's like this compounding thing that just really takes its toll yeah. Yeah. Think about like a, like a wet towel that you just wet in the shower, you hang it out and like you wring it out. That's after practice. And then you fill it back up a little bit and that's how to have all the water and you keep bringing it out and by that like end of the day. Like it's like a crumpled up like napkin, you know, over years and years and years and with the heat, you know, so it's a, uh, it's a lot that goes into it and I do not miss playing, but I love being around it. I love, 
um, broadcasting games. Um, I love talking on the NFL network. I love working it at the NFL. I love broadcasting Super Bowls. Like I love it, but I do not miss playing it. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. There's definitely things I miss more than other things. Um, with, with everything that you got going on, like all the opportunities, um, you know, what, where did those, where did those come from? Like, how come you have like so much going on, so many opportunities and what would you advise, you know, guys to, I know, I know you're the kind of guy that's a kind of, even when I was playing with you, you were always setting up for like, you know, taking advantage of the network of the NFL, connecting with people, making sure that you were setting yourself up that when you were done playing, you had your foot in the door at all these different opportunities, which definitely are taken advantage of now. Talk about the importance of that and the intention behind it. Yeah, so for every person that's listening, um, whether you're an aunt and you have a son that's playing or a daughter that's playing in a seven, right? Um, football can be, and sports in general, can be the best resume or business card that you can use, right? Every company um, runs, and a lot of it is through teamwork, it's through an organism, an organization. And so through playing sports at a young age, like, you get it right? As a, a man or a woman, you get it. And so people want to hire you because you know how to collaborate, you know how to communicate. And so using the sport, right, to open doors for you, whether it be in high school, hey, I'm a high school student and I want to work at one of the local businesses, you know, in my neighborhood. I play football, or I play lacrosse, or I play basketball, whatever, whatever it is, that's the best resume or business card that you can use. And so you know, I'm going to fast forward into college, right? With the NIL space, the image and likeness space, you know, being smart about, about the persona and the business as the person is in the, the athletes to open doors. Right. Uh, I think that's extremely important. And then hence the NFL, right. I, I made sure that on my off days that I was at mostly every community service event that that team provided. So I have a community service MVP belt for the Buccaneers and also for the Rams. Mm. Joe, those tackles and those concussions, those block punts, they, they don't block punts. Let me say one, right? Those don't go on my resume. You know what I mean? But the community service MVP does. And a lot of businesses have a community relations department. So that makes myself that much more valuable to a company. And so using that on the resume, making sure that you're shaking hands with the owners and the CEOs of companies whenever you're wearing that jersey to say, hey, like, you know, I know I'm playing football here, but I'm more than an athlete, right? I, I do this, this, and this. So I think having that parallel career path mindset is extremely important starting at a young age. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Really proud of you for that. I think it's a huge example to, you know, young guys that are coming up and, you know, just seeing how well you've handled the transition and are continuing to and all the opportunities. I mean, I see you, you know, on NFL Network and all these like different you know, follow you on, on socials and like to see how involved you are still in the game and you're connected with all these people. I'm like, dang, like he's just doing it. And it's cool because it does help with that transition when you're stay, able to stay around the game in a different role and, you know, have an opportunity to continue to build and grow and learn and definitely respect that. Um, and so tell me, just for my own kind of selfish reasons, I want to know how getting the MBA was like how going back to school was, I mean, congratulations, you're coming literally right up to the end of it and you get to graduate. What was that experience like? And would you recommend it to anybody else? And then we can kind of follow up with like what your vision was and intention was behind getting that education. Yeah. No, thank you for those kind words and much gratitude for that. Um, but yeah, MBA, uh, highly recommended Joe. Um, 
you know, I, I was an econ major in undergrad, um, you know, figured that broadcasting is, is going to be the route, media, uh, started my own media company as well. So I'm like, okay, you know, I should have got maybe my uh, degree in communications or whatever, or marketing, but um, I'm glad I stuck with, with the business route and I'll tell you why. So I started my, my media company uh, before I retired, so like a year before I retired. And so starting an LLC, hiring a lawyer, those things were kind of foreign to me. And so thankfully, my marketing director really showed me the way. Uh, she really uh, molded me in my business acumen um, while I was playing, right? And so think about it like this, Joe. Uh, when people go to the gym, you go lift, you go run, but you're not as efficient. But when you have a coach or a trainer to really guide you, to let you know, hey, do this at this time, this at this time, and eat at this time, because your body will look like this or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But so Whitney, for me, my coach, she was like my business trainer. She got my muscles strong, right? She said, hey, don't send an email at this time because it's after the workout. I know you have practice. Like, do it at this time and say it like this. And so extremely grateful for her. She's one of my the best business partners that I've had. But I'm going to get to this MBA, Joe. And so I, I got my knowledge from her. She kind of helped me get through things. And then the MBA really showed me business from A to Z, right? Um, the, the, the soft skills, the speaking communication, I'm really good at. But when it comes to the technical skills, when it comes to Excel, pivot tables and charts, right? Tableau. Uh, basically, Tableau is a PowerPoint or a, yeah, a PowerPoint or a Canva for Excel. So taking data and making it pretty for people, nice graphs and stuff like that. And so now I can say I'm proficient in, I got update my resume actually taboo and excel these different things and so um extremely grateful for that and then also too it shows you how business works supply chain management you know how things go from production to the customer and so you really learn everything about business and you know uh extremely grateful for it so joe and when i say it, like highly suggested i know uh, through football you get you can get your education paid for and so that's what i did I, my goal was to play for five five years get grad school paid for, get the pension. I played for four and I got grad school paid for and getting my pension. So if you can get it paid for, do it. But Joe, when I say it's number one, like if you can do it online too, like please do it. Yeah. Dope. I appreciate that, man. So what's the, what's the vision for you now? Like what, what is, if you could create, you know, your perfect life moving forward, I know you have so many opportunities. Um, what do you, what are you looking to create in your life? What's, what's the dream? Yeah. So the dream really, you know, being from California, um, moved when I was 11. So the goal, and I know, you know, you're from Cali too. So, yeah. uh, the goal, you know, the goal is to get back to the West coast. Um, you know, I have a home in Tampa, uh, my partner, she has a home here in California. So really is to have a full-time opportunity, uh, get back here to, to earn, to live. Um, I have a media company as well. So I'll be creating there, uh, doing the things I'm passionate about. Um, and then also to, uh, you know, to, to connect with people, right. Um, and, and, and I would also say support others. Um, I think one thing just kind of going through this journey has been great is I've taken advantage of everything that, um, sports has to offer. And so really, uh, you know, reaching back as I move forward and pulling people forward. So whether it be people that look like me, whether it be people who went through the same uh, sports path that I did, the people that don't look like me and that didn't go through those sports paths, but really using the resources that, I, that I've had and that I'm creating 
um, to pass it on to people because I think those things are, are really big. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, man. I love that. I think, you know, one of the biggest issues in transitioning from sports is this loss, not only of identity, but of purpose and meaning in life, right? You don't know, you don't really have anything to get up out of bed in the morning. Right. And I think that's important for every human. It's like, what, what am I here to do? And what I've found is a, a big piece of finding that deeper meaning and purpose in life is showing up to be of service to something greater than yourself, whatever that looks like. And, you know, that can be through business and making a lot of money. It doesn't have to be going and, and working at the soup kitchen, right. Or volunteering in the community. It's like, how can with what I'm doing with my passion be of service to others. And as I've reflected on, you know, in the work that I'm doing, you know, supporting transitioning athletes and being of service in that way, you know, reflecting on my career and what does it mean to be, especially in the football world and in most team sports is like, that's kind of a part of our makeup, right? Like, you know, as far as me wanting to be successful in my career and like reach new levels, I naturally had to show up to be of service to the team, which is the thing that's greater than myself. So it's almost in our blood and our makeup to show up and be of service to that common goal that we're all working towards, which is winning on Sundays, winning a Super Bowl, winning a championship. And so it is part of our makeup. And so I think it's so important when we go out, you know, and we no longer have that thing to show up and be of service to, we need to fill that with something else. And it, it does take a lot of work to really find what that thing is. And I think there's a sort of patience, but there's a, like we talked about earlier, you have to go and try new things and, and get moving and, and go and, and experience different things. So you can find out what that next passion is, but such a big part of it is, is being of service to something greater than yourself. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. And, and I know too, the heart collective, that's your company. Um, you know, what's coming up that, that I can be involved in, right? I know you probably share this in other places, but, you know, I would love to know how I can be involved and how I can pour into people like you are. Well, what can I do, uh, you know, with the Heart Collective and how can I, how can I get there? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. We'll definitely, definitely stay connected. I think, I think that's what really what it's all about, right? You know, we, I think collectively we're moving as a world from this place of like kind of competition into collaboration and like, how can we really support one another in, you know, our visions of making the world a better place? Cause naturally when you show up to be of service, like, you know, I feel the same exact way. Like, how can I support you? And that I think is a, such a, a part of finding that fulfillment as a human is like, if you're doing everything selfishly, like how can I do it and make mine and, and make more money and do this thing selfishly, you might find success, but you're not going to find fulfillment. You're going to go through life feeling kind of like lost. You might accumulate all of this wealth. And that's one of the things I found when I, you know, I played eight years in the NFL, made some really good money. And I got to a point where I was like, man, I, I was looking at the guy that was making twice as much as me, you know, $10 million instead of $4 million. And I was like, I had, I woke up like, damn, like there's always more money to be made. And it's really about finding that thing that you can show up and be of service to. And I really appreciate that, that dude. We'll, uh, we'll definitely stay connected. I think, you know, supporting the former athletes. That's why I have this podcast. Um, what are some of the things as far as the transition that you see with maybe some of your old teammates um, in this kind of space that guys deal with? And is there any experience shares? We talked a lot about it and you're obviously really navigating the transition with, uh, with a lot of success. Um, so what would you kind of advise other athletes who maybe are approaching their, their transition or maybe are deep in it and they can't really figure it out? Yeah, I would say lean into the resources, right? Um, if you're spending a lot of your time at the NFL office and at work and stuff like that, we're thinking about if you work at Chase and like there's resources there when it comes to, you know, health and wellness or, you know, baby having a babysitter you know, while you're at work, like for the NFL, like lean into it, right? As athletes, lean into the services because they have people there 
I can say, hey, here's a discount for a rental car, 50% off. Like, hey, go ahead and, you know, put this code in and get it done. Or there's this retreat that we're doing, you know, sign up and, and come on this retreat with us. Or if you need a mental health, you know, coach or a therapist, like we got access. So really lean into those things because number one, you work for them. So go ahead and dive into them. Um, and then also too, when it comes like thinking about this for college, they have a career services department where you go and get your resume taken care of and work on kind of your plan. Same thing in the NFL, lean into those career transition programs, right? Um, investment programs, whether it be real estate, get a part of an NFL group that is investing in different things. But um, if, if you feel like, you know, you're getting to the end of your career as an athlete, or if you're starting your career, do things parallel to it and fill your cup parallel to the NFL. So when that time comes, the transition is that much easier. And it's, it's going to be tough regardless if you have a full-time job when you finish NFL or not, but still um, having that focus, having that parallel career mindset uh, will, will benefit you pretty well. Yeah, absolutely agree. There's a lot of resources out there and, and, you know, even resources like I'm trying to create that are not necessarily involved with the NFL, but there are people out there that really want to support and provide that space and that safety to work through some of this stuff, you know, and what I've realized and why I'm so passionate about what I'm creating is, you know, this community aspect where you're not alone, right? Like even like you, like you're handling it so well, but there's still these challenges of like, you know, having to navigate it. Right. And, and having the support of people around you who have a relatable, similar experience. So definitely it, it can be an isolating experience feeling like you're going through it alone. But I would say, especially with like mental and emotional health is like reach out to people and, and there are people there to support you. And when, when we come to and talk about mental health and emotional health, it's, it's obviously a huge topic. And I think, you know, as an athlete, I think the big story that I've experienced, I'm sure a lot of other people have experienced, but speaking from my own experiences, it's hard for people to really relate and understand, right? Like the story is I played in the NFL, made a lot of money. I'm retired at 30. I can do whatever I want. And I'm dealing with some mental health stuff and emotional health stuff. And it's hard for someone normal that hasn't been through that experience to hold space for me because they, it's, you know, like easy for you. Like, what do you, what, like, what do you talk, what do you have to complain about? Like, go do whatever you want. You're so lucky, all this stuff. So when it comes to mental and emotional health, uh, through your own experience and, and what you see kind of in this space, what are some tools, practical tools that guys can use and do to really help navigate those, those inner challenges that, that might be coming up that are really hard to express? Yeah, so it's kind of what we did before we hopped on the podcast, right? Uh, if you're moving, like, so this morning I went boxing, right? So did some boxing this morning and then, you know, hopped on the podcast. And so, uh, you know, I sat down for 10 minutes, laid on the bed, set my alarm for 10 minutes and just meditated, you know, worked on my breathing, you know, slowly in, hold it, slowly out, you know what I mean? And so just repeated that and um, really uh, through doing a lot of yoga and stuff like that, like falling in love with your breath that's a thing. And so really finding that. And then even, you know, after my meditation hopped off and sent some emails and I was like, all right, Joe, I'm ready to go. And we had time to really settle in, you know, be present and be where our feet are and, uh, and breathe. And so um, highly suggest those techniques and it's extremely helpful. Uh, I would also say too, is uh, meditate, uh, sorry, um, journaling, mm. journaling your thoughts down. I mean, man, Joe, when I say like the things that I write down and how my day went, it, just, it can just be how the day went. Some things that went well, some things that didn't go well, or what you what you're looking forward to to the day, or whatever happened the day before. But just writing those things down helps because when you write those things down, you talk about gratitude and you know what you want to come in the future. 
like when the stuff happens and you're like, dang, I wrote that down yesterday. You know, I wrote that down the week before and it's coming to fruition now. Um, it's, it's powerful, it's strong. Um, so I would say definitely do that. And then also, you know, have, have time away, right? Like where you're just shutting it down for a good hour or two. Like, you know, for example, five or six o'clock when the day ends, you're sending emails, you're busy. Take that that dinner time or that lunch time with your partner or your family and like just phone off and just like be present for a good 30 minutes to an hour. Um, those things really help you reset and uh, how to suggest those things. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the self-care practices are so important, especially in this busy, distracted world we've created. Um, there's always some some kind of input that we're taking in. And if you don't really if you're not intentional with taking time, some space, going on a walk without your phone, getting out in nature, just finding that stillness, coming back to your breath. And, you know, talking about journaling, journaling has been such a huge, powerful tool for me in my life. And, you know, as I reflect on my career, I didn't do a lot of writing, um, you know, outside of football, but reflecting on like, I would take really good notes though, during like install meetings. And as I reflect on that, it's so fascinating that when we do an install and I write stuff down, I would never really go back and look at my notes. The act of actually writing it down would like imprint it on my mind. And so when you talk about like visualizing and journaling about your goals and what you want to create in your life, and you, when you write it down, it's something magical happens where it almost like brings it from this ethereal thought realm into physical reality by putting it on the paper. And that really does kind of anchor it in. And the more you can do that, the more you can kind of really focus on what you want to create in your life. And when you're focusing on gratitude and these kind of like higher states of being, that's really what starts manifesting in your reality. And then, you know, also another side of that is when you're journaling uh, just your thoughts out, it's almost like if you have like a computer open, you have all these tabs open, right? It's, it gets really busy. Your computer starts moving slower, but as you write things down, even if it doesn't really make sense, but just the act of writing it down is almost like closing those tabs in your brain, which makes it run more efficiently. You can be more present and more focused on what you want. But so many people are so distracted in their thoughts and it's like all these stories and their minds are crazy. And so that's why it's so important to really focus on those self-care practices. I cannot stress that enough. Um, Cam, what, what's next, man? I know you said you have some, some, some really, really uh, exciting opportunities ahead with, with NFL Network and stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and kind of uh, where you're uh, excited about going next. Yeah, man. So, like I said, NFL Network, you know, as soon as we finish this, definitely doing a production call for that. So, uh, it's funny, two years ago from now, uh, when I was in the Bucks, um, I was doing the same thing, NFL Network. We were in the, in the office. I'm like seven minutes away from the office now, but doing it virtual at this moment. Um, but, you know, doing that for the next three days. So Wednesday, Thursday, today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, doing the NFL Network stuff. And then on top of that, right, this is the last week for grad school. So all my assignments are due on Sunday. So have a test on Thursday, have a test due Friday, and a test due Saturday. So it is going to be a very busy week. And then on top of that, really um, – I've been in a big interview cycle, right, for that next corporate position. So uh, I'm going to be making my final decision also um, before the end of the day on Friday as well. So um, that's number four. And then number five, right, just finished my internship with the Los Angeles Sport Entertainment Commission um, on Tuesday. So had a chance to see SoFi Stadium. I played at the Rams and played the Coliseum. So it was nice to see that new building, man. It's It's beautiful. Um, but man, that's what the week looks like. And there's a lot ahead. So there's going to be a lot of meditation on my end, a lot of journaling, you know, because 
um, it's a lot, man. And so kind of really just kind of locking it in, like you said, kind of clicking, like closing those browsers and slowing things down is going to be very important for me this week to be successful. So um, I, I really love that analogy too. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you taking the time with such a busy week on all the stuff you just shared. And it's fascinating to talk about transition. Like we're always constantly in transition. Even right now, you're going through a big transition, kind of closing down the education and working into new opportunities professionally and just really exciting, right? And you're constantly always going into the unknown. But when you are prepared and excited about the opportunity and really open to the opportunities that are presenting themselves, that's how you kind of navigate it. And you know, I love that, you know, you have such a busy week and the busier we get is when we need to take real uh, intention with slowing down in those moments because it can help us navigate those, those tough times, man. I really appreciate you taking the time, sharing some wisdom. Uh, really proud of you, man. Really excited to stay connected and support one another on the journey. Um, so thank you. Uh, where can people find you um, on socials or anything that you're working on that you want to share and plug? Yeah. So, you know, my personal page, Instagram, Twitter is Cameron Lynch 50. Uh, so you can find me there. And then my business is Heartwork Media. So you can go to the heartworkmedia.com or just the Twitter and IG handles Heartwork Media. So um, yeah, man, Joe, I, I appreciate you. And I, I know Heart Collective had a lot of things coming up soon here. So um, one of these retreats, I got to go on one of them, man. So I, I appreciate you for all you've done. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. If you find some time in a busy schedule, we'd love to have you. They're going to be some epic experience and, and we're just getting started and uh, really appreciate everybody who's listening. Uh, if this podcast resonated with you at all, uh, please go ahead and leave a five-star review, leave a few nice words uh, in the comments. And if anything in this podcast resonated with you and might impact somebody, you know, go ahead and share it with them. Uh, really appreciate everybody listening. Thank you, Cam. All of the stuff that he shared will be in the show notes. So definitely check that out. And uh, we'll stay connected, man. Excited to uh, talk to you soon. Yo, my man. Appreciate you.